Everybody, what's going on? Welcome to another Strong Session. It's your host, Mark Bottenhorn, and I am chilling here on Saturday. I'm really excited about a number of athletes that are going to be racing this weekend. We've already had a bunch of really successful races today on Saturday, including Christina Johnson, who absolutely uh, destroyed it at Moab Red Hot 55K, which is a really, really cool ultra race that has a lot of elevation gain out in moab utah so shouts to her looking forward to a number of marathons tomorrow um gonna be some cool stuff the uh next person who actually runs a boston marathon qualifier that i coach will be my 100th boston marathon qualifying time as a coach and i fully expect that number to go down tomorrow at one of the marathons so that's a really cool milestone for me and i was torn about whether i was going to even talk about it but it's just really exciting um so again thank you all we had a great episode drop this week um, with alex buck part two it was a long one hour and 50 minutes but so much valuable information in there. So I hope everybody's tuned into that and you got great feedback on it so far. So if you loved it or you didn't let us know about it this week on the strong session, I want to get into the nitty gritty with down weeks, what they are and why they're important. I think so many of us are overachievers and hard workers and we push our limits no matter what level we run at we push our limits and we're competitive and it's hard and seems counterproductive to take a down week much like running slow seems counterproductive Um, so i want to jump into the importance of a down week some of the physiological responses that happen and why you need to include them in your training how i include them in the athletes that i coach how i include them in their training And I also have an Instagram question that popped up right before I went to record this. So I answered this question a little bit and told them I'm going to dive more into it on this. So thank you for tuning in to this strong session. Now let's jump in. First things first, what is a down week and how do we define it? So typically a down week is a reduction in running volume. In this case, we're talking about Uh, running volume specifically, but it can be applied to a variety of different training protocols. Um, You see powerlifters use this all the time, deload weeks, though they're probably a little bit less frequent than running. Um, But a lot of endurance athletes in general take down weeks. And this is a drop in running volume. Uh, Usually 25 to 30% is the most standard protocol, but again, people vary differently and coaches have different ideology around this. But typically, you know, uh, you drop 25 or 30% of your largest week's volume off of it for a down week. Um, you know, a lot of times the intensity might say the same or it might substitute. I do something a little different, um, but it's not uncommon to see a drop in intensity or lower intensity during a down week. And it kind of makes a lot of sense if you're trying to um, provide rest of the musculoskeletal structure. So that makes a lot of sense. Um In terms of how often it happens, typically uh, when I start with new athletes, I usually have them on a three weeks up, one week down. Um, I use that for myself as well. But again, that's only at first because we use a variety of factors that I will dive into to determine how often we actually uh, do a down week and what to look for. 
So what are the benefits of a down week? Well, one, obviously, it's going to provide you rest mentally. But the biggest thing is that it's going to repair tissue damage um, that you that you do when you're out on the road running or training of any type. You're, you're, you're creating inflammation and tissue damage. And that process is important for effectively adapting and becoming a better athlete. But you need to rest for it. And during, and during these down weeks, that's when you kind of absorb these fitness gains and build it back stronger. Um, and this will also help you avoid overtraining and injuries by giving yourself um, proper time to rest. All right. So that brings me to a study from Ball State University. They took a two groups of well-trained endurance athletes and measured their creatine kinase levels um, so creatine kinase is a, effectively it's a biomarker. It's a protein that indicates muscle damage and inflammation in the body. Um, you're able to, to, to see it with a fairly routine blood test. Um, so they had two groups in the study of well-trained endurance athletes. One group didn't take any down weeks. The other group took routine down weeks and the group that took routine down weeks at the end of their down week they actually had their creatine kinase levels uh, measured at about 70% lower. So it was a 70% reduction in creatine kinase, which is a positive uh, outcome, obviously, as inflammation and muscle damage leads to uh, chronic injury, chronic burnout, um, some other damaging, lasting impacts in the body. So, and it also proves that a down week helps you recover and assimilate those fitness gains. So that is a little bit of scientific uh, proof behind that. And I think it also highlights what I've been talking about. You know, I talk about this often and you can find this information pretty much anywhere, but the, the reality is that in the time that you're training, you're not actually improving. So like if you're training for two hours a day, for example, and that's a pretty hefty training load, but let's say you're training for two hours a day just because it's a round number. Um, it's the 22 other hours in a day that have the largest impact on your uh, long-term fitness or aerobic capacity or whatever it may be that you're training. Um, effectively, if you're unable uh, to recover from the stress that you put your body in, you don't get that adaptation. Remember, it comes back to a very, very basic formula. Stress plus rest equals adaptation. Let's not forget the rest part. We're all really good at the stress part. We're not always really good at the rest part. So I think that's worth noting that you can stress yourself a lot, but if you can't rest and recover from it, then you aren't going to make the adaptations that you want. And more times than not, it's going to end in um, injury or burnout. So that's worth noting. So in the kind of intro to this, I talked about um, the fact that I don't always give athletes down weeks on a routine schedule, like two up, one down, or three up, one down. Um, while I did that initially to kind of assess where they're at and, and where I'm at personally, uh, there are a lot of factors that go into it. Um, and so they might get a down week after two weeks. They might get a down week after five. It really just depends. I don't typically go much longer than five weeks without a down week, though, um, just because I have a little bit of a rest bias as a coach. I'm pretty conservative, and I think that's a reason that a lot of the athletes that I work with get injured at a much lower rate than the general population in terms of the endurance community. So 
some indicators that you might need a down week. Uh, obviously, the most blatant is that uh, if you notice any kind of pain, discomfort, that's a good time to back off. And I can't think of a better situation to take a down week than when you notice some kind of pain or discomfort. Um, now, another one that a lot of people don't know about is uh, if you notice a, a decrease in the ability to sleep, like if you notice an increase in insomnia or something like that, or uh, the quality of your sleep, that can sometimes be an indicator that you might be overtraining or it might be time for a down week. It sometimes can be a really simple fix with a down week. Um, another factor could be lack of motivation. Um, you know, if it's if, if for more than a few runs, you're trying to drag yourself out the door, um, maybe it's best to take a 30% reduction uh, the next week or, or even that week if there's still time to rescue it. Um, you know, uh, the, the caveat to that though, is that there can be a lot of factors that can, that can alter your motivation to run. So you need to examine the outside stressors, uh, in your life too, but also note that those are still stressors. Um, another one, if your runs are constantly worse and worse at the, uh, same rate of perceived exertion, uh, so if your effort is still the same, but you notice the performance of the runs consistently declining one day or two day might be, you know what, that might just be a one-off, but if it's happening consistently, it might be time for a down week. Um, now I have a whoop crowd out there, like a, a, a lot of, uh, listeners who use whoop or track heart rate variability. And it's a bit of an advanced metric and hard to understand because a lot of it's determined by training age, genetic variability, other things, but in general, the higher heart rate variability, the more well-suited the athlete is, uh, to take on bigger training loads. So if you notice that your HRV is consistently declining over the course of a couple days, it's probably time to add in a rest day or think about taking a down week. Um, another one that I frequently use is resting heart rate. While I don't tend to train by heart rate, I'd like to use resting heart rate as a gauge of my fitness. When I'm at my fittest and my running volume is at its highest, um, my resting heart rate sometimes gets into the, the, the mid thirties. So 34, 35, 36. Um, and you know, always hovers around 38 in general. When I start to see it creep up to 42, 43, 44 consistently, one night meet might be a bad sleep. I might've been anxious. You know, I suffer with a number of, uh, anxiety, depression, things like that. So it could be a one-off, but when I see a pattern of it, that's when I look to maybe take a down week for myself. And so for the athletes, that I coach that are listening out there. This is why your log is so important. Um, you know, why, how you felt and any of these other metrics, adding those into the training log can help me actually determine when it's a good time to take a down week. Your feedback is critical. Just like your feedback to yourself is, is critical. So that's one thing to keep in mind. All right. So now that we talked about what a down week is, um, why and how they're beneficial and, when it might be an indication that you should probably take one, I think we should also think about think about how a down week um, should be executed. So it, a lot of coaches or or, or or every coach probably has a different philosophy on this. Um, but my thought is this. I tend to get away from the threshold efforts and, and things that are really highly taxing on the body. And I said work on use as a perfect opportunity to work on speed development. I work with a lot of ultra runners, a lot of OCR athletes, um, a lot of people are doing really high volume and typically aren't doing like top end speed stuff. I don't work with many 800 meter runners. I don't work with any 800 meter runners. Um, occasionally I have runners, 
uh, who, who raced a mile and stuff like that. But typically I don't do much middle distance stuff. So, you know, a lot of these athletes aren't really focused on speed development. This is a good time when your volume is low to do some two hundreds, uh, to do some short hill sprints, things like that, that are going to help you develop speed and kind of biomechanics, uh, without taking a huge toll on your body. One that I really like is, uh, maybe six times 200. So 200s in and out, uh, six times. So six times 200 meters, uh, at like maybe your mile race pace in between mile and three K race pace with 200 meters, uh, easy, steady jog in between. Um, that's really good because again, we're looking at biomechanical efficiency. It's a little bit of strength training in disguise. Um, it helps you become a better, more efficient runner. I apologize because my dog is going crazy at something outside. Um, but this is a good time to add those in and they can be really, really effective. So these are the type of workouts I like to add in. I don't like to cut out intensity altogether. And then we're looking at when you reduce the, the volume, you know, typically, like I said, 25 to 30% reduction in volume. So where should that come from? I wouldn't cut out days on a down week. Usually what I like to do is take some off of the runs, particularly if you have a long run and a medium long run in the week, that's where the bulk of your reduction will come from because long runs tend to take the biggest toll while they provide you really big bang for your buck in terms of fitness gains. Um, this week isn't about so much piling on and adding more fitness. It's about assimilating the fitness gains you've been making leading up to this. So it's a natural thing for me to seem like you might reduce things that really inhibit recovery and long runs and medium long runs can really do that. I think another added benefit of having a down week that's rarely talked about was that you get a little bit more time back in your week. And look, I love running probably as much as anybody. And, um, you know, it's I want to do it as often as possible. But at the end of the day, um, having a down week maybe gives you a chance to work on some of those tasks that you wanted to work on or um, more time to relax or, you know, do whatever you want to do with it. Like if you're learning to play the guitar. Or if you uh, like reading, it gives you more time to do that. And that takes your mind off of the um, week in and week out demands of training. Because look, at the end of the day, this is a hobby for, for almost all of us. Um, but it doesn't mean that our hobbies aren't important and we invest a lot into it. And it's a roller coaster sometimes. So having a good emotional break is uh, really helpful. And I think that that's not talked about enough. Uh, so it gives you some time to uh, still be training. Uh, really absorb the impacts of training, but also maybe disconnect a little bit and do some stuff that really, really makes you happy. And then you'll be back next week, fresher and stronger than ever. Alrighty. And then finally, that brings me to the question that I received on Instagram one hour ago before recording this. So the timing was perfect. Um, a fam said, Hey, Mark, been following your page for some time now. I think I spiked my mileage too high in one week and my knees have been starting to hurt. Should I take a few days to rest or continue with really slow runs? Thanks so much. And while I did answer him right on Instagram, I said, hey, you know what? I'm also going to add this in the podcast because it just fits the, the topic really well. Um, in this case, this seems like an indicator that a down week may be warranted. I don't think just slowing down on your running while, while I talk about the benefits of slow running all the time, I don't think just simply slowing down is going to be effective here. Um, one, you obviously want to take a few days. So what I said is take, take about 48 hours of no running, uh, and then maybe try a 30 or 45 minute easy run to assess, 
um, if there's still pain. If there is no pain or discomfort, I would continue with a reduced workload for the next week. Um, and that's a good time to do that. But a few factors to look into is maybe what's causing the knee pain. Did you have an abrupt change in surfaces? Um, are your shoes old? That's always a big one. Uh, potentially, um, your shoes being old can cause you know foot pain, shin pain, or knee pain. Uh, so something to look into. Are you in the proper footwear? Getting fit and a, maybe a gait analysis is something that would be good. Uh, are your quads and hips strong enough? So strengthening your quads, hips, glutes, and hamstrings can go a long way uh, towards helping you kind of stave off knee pain. Finally, uh, you want to make sure you're varying the services that you run on each week. Each week, you want to aim for a number of different services, and those include, obviously, pavement for most people is going to be there, but uh, track, crushed gravel, dirt roads, trails, grass, bonus points. If you can make it on all of those in any given week, it lowers your risk of um, any kind of overuse injury or anything like that. But I think that this question, I've been having some knee pain. Should I just run easy or should I take a few days? Take a few days and then take a reduction in volume. And don't look at that as lost time or lost training. Look at it as your body adapting uh, to the stressors that you're putting on it and then implement those other strategies to come back stronger. So this is a good time and I wouldn't add it all in at once, but it's a good time to add some strength training. And if you're not doing a whole bunch of it, like I said, um, so that is a great question and it ties in perfectly. I think that it's an indicator that you should probably take a down week and implement it in the way that we talked about previous to this. All right, everyone, that is all I have for this week. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and just listening and uh, hanging out with me on a Saturday night. So I, I greatly appreciate it. And I say this all the time, but Michael and I appreciate all of the over, even overwhelming support that we get from the uh, Strong Squad, everybody that listens. We are grateful uh, that you that you take some time to listen to our podcast. And I, listen, I'm not stupid. All the stuff that we produce isn't uh, isn't of the highest quality, but you guys are here and supporting us anyway. The podcast is growing uh, beyond our wildest belief, and we are so happy. Uh, if you do want to support us, the, the one way that's free is that you can uh, leave us a, a five-star review on wherever it is that you get your podcast. Spotify now has the option to rate, um, so we're starting to see a number of five-star reviews coming on Spotify, uh, as well as Apple Google, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Um, the next thing you can do is share it with a friend, share it to your social media, tag us in it. You can tag Michael at Son of Raging Joe on Instagram. You can tag me at Bottenhorn Running. Uh, we always love that. We always love to reshare that stuff. We always love to chat about it. We always love your feedback, whether it's good or bad. Um, like if people are going to light me up about my dog barking in the background, I welcome it. Um, and then finally, if you Another way that you can support the podcast, if you're interested, is if you're in the market for high quality nutritional supplements, ones that I genuinely take, this is not a plug or an advertisement, uh, you can stop over to vegnutrition.com and you can enter code RUNSTRONG at checkout. That's code RUNSTRONG at checkout. And we get a very small commission on any of your purchases there, but it also supports a great brand. Um, with some of the greatest supplements, many of them organic, free of artificial sweeteners, uh, products that I'm happy to put in my body and happy to share with you. Um, if you do choose to go that route, make sure you choose a one-time 
uh, purchase rather than subscription and enter code RUNSTRONG at checkout. If you try to enter RUNSTRONG with a subscription, it won't let you combine both. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you for the next episode next Tuesday. Um, So this one's just dropping in between. But again, grateful. And until next time, everybody, stay strong.